Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Welcome to episode 55, Ever a Quaiga Cuig, of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. So for all about this podcast, you just go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. I want to give a shout out to our newest members who joined Bite Size Irish Gaelic. What they're doing is they joined their online program with four levels and many more Bite Size lessons. And what we say is take one little Bite Size lesson a day and you might be surprised at how much Irish Gaelic you learn um, over the time that you're a member. So welcome to Joshua um, from Stamford, Connecticut, uh, Diane in Dade City, Florida, Daniel in San Francisco, Brian in Colorado Springs, Anna, I don't know whereabouts you are, but you're in Canada, I don't know more specifically than that, and finally Phoebe um, from Point of Rocks in Maryland, so welcome to all our new members, all North American uh, this past couple of weeks. So today I'm joined by a very special guest and her name is Susan Fitzgerald and she's from Vibrant Ireland, uh, a lovely blog online that I've looked at probably over the last couple of years. I'm sure, Susan, you've been there for a couple of years, haven't you? Yeah, it's about five years now. Yeah, actually, November 10th will be the, the, the fifth anniversary. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we um, celebrated our uh, fifth anniversary this year with Bite Size because we started in August in 2010. So we were about the same time. That's cool. Very good. Congratulations yeah. for five yeah, good years. And same to you. So Susan, whereabouts in the world are you today? I am in the lovely rural area of uh, East Clare, Fecal, Fecal, rural Fecal. And it is actually, it turned out to be a really beautiful day. It started off, you know, grey and dull, but now the sun is split in the sky. Yeah, it's lovely. I braved the rain this morning. I cycled in with my son Liam to the milk market. We picked up some veg and stuff and cycled home in the rain, but we're not complaining (laughs) too much. And the sun is out, like you said. Now, we're not too far from each other, actually. No, no, yeah. Yeah. So, but Susan, like you have a good Irish accent, but it's not a full Irish accent. So whereabouts are you from? No, I'm originally from Virginia on the East Coast in the States. And I've been in Ireland pretty much 20 years. I came over in 95 for a visit and just, you know, well, Ireland really just took my heart. And when I went back, I was just so miserable in the States. I just felt like I left part of me here. So, you know, I sold my car and gave away my clothes and came back over so I and you know except for a few hops back and forth and traveling and etc a few other countries Ireland has been my home pretty much it's been, definitely been my home in my heart for 20 years yeah excellent so that that first trip like had you much of a connection before you ever visited Ireland well I mean I was always interested in it and my grandfather would have been uh, Scottish from Glasgow and I have Irish ancestry as well but it's that bit farther back do you know that way so mm. yeah, a loose connection is all really. Okay, and like, was it Ireland in particular that you wanted to visit, or did you always have to travel bug, and it didn't really matter where you went, or how was it no, that it was yeah. Ireland? 
Yeah, it was just always Ireland, really, I mean, that I wanted to visit. Now, I absolutely love Glasgow. It has to be, you know, said that's mm. one of my favorite cities in the world. But yeah, I hadn't really that travel bug at that time, although I did get it when I went over to Glasgow and, you know, passing by the, the travel shop windows and seeing all the places you could go for really quite cheap, you know, compared mm. to like you have to fly so far in the States to go to like Greece or anywhere. So that's when the travel bug kind of really bit me. Okay, and just interestingly, like Glasgow, it does have its like industrial roots, doesn't it? Like, is it, it a nice city to to live in? I I really liked it. I know people say it's either you know you either love Glasgow, Glasgow or Edinburgh, and I just I really love Glasgow. And part of it was I was going an exchange semester at the School of the Arts, so I was involved in a lot of um, poetry and art that was going on there. So it was I really got the creative side of Glasgow as well. Oh, lovely, yeah. I guess, like, bringing it back to us as well, um, Limerick City in Ireland doesn't have the greatest of reputations, but, I, you know, we as a family, we love living here. It's um, more of a town than a city, but I don't know what the population of this area is, probably 100,000 in the county, and it can be said to be a bit rough, but, yeah, parts, yeah. parts of it are I- a bit rough, but... That's it. Well, it's like that anywhere, though, really. And I found I really fell in love with Limerick. My first visit there was, I suppose, 2012. And I just really, you know, just found the city very interesting and charming. And now I'm living, you know, so nearby, like I'm only here in Clare now a couple of months. And I'm really chuffed because it's only about a half hour drive to Limerick. And I'm really thrilled. And like since the city was city of culture there last year, Mm. like it's just the culture, like it's much more accessible, like just the person on the street might hear about it more, although I'm sure it was always going on, but, you know, it's having a lot of attention paid to it. And with Limerick's bid for the European City of Culture 2020, I I really shouldn't have a favourite, but I kind of do. I kind of want Limerick to win, although I'd be thrilled, you know, any of the places in Ireland, whatever, whoever gets it, it'll be great, but I'm I'm rooting for Limerick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if there's any listeners and they're planning their trip along the west coast of Ireland, that's where Limerick is, and do get in touch with us if you're thinking about it. So, Susan, I'm still interested, like, bring us back a bit. So, you visited Ireland, um, you were studying in Scotland, did I get that right? That's it, yeah, I was studying, yeah. I, it was a, a special course, an exchange course, and there was a poetry stand and an art strand and so I I was studying poetry that was my sort of big thing in, in university I was studying to be a professor. Okay and was it that you had uh, decided already to move away from the states or when you decided to live in Ireland was this like a big decision? Oh god it was a big decision because like where I was going to go for grad school I was thinking of maybe San Francisco or Alaska and that even terrified me because I was actually in a lot of ways, quite shy, and to move somewhere where I didn't know anyone, etc., was was you know I was really worried about it. So <laughs> the fact that then I just left everything in the states and moved here. I mean, I really, really struggled with the decision for several months, and really made myself sick wrestling with it. Mm. But once I got here, like I've never ever regretted it. Because mm. you're you're obviously in the minority, like. We hear from a lot of people who, you know, they they'd love to move to Ireland. So it's not that rare to hear that wish. But yes. for somebody to to move to Ireland and to actually move their whole life over, yeah, it's that's a big big decision. 
and yeah you can't take it lightly so there's a few yeah. episodes we've had along the way along those lines like so do you remember now Susan like when you started living in Ireland then like did you have sh- a shock or shocks if you remember of how Ireland was or did you just kind of accept it as it was or I suppose I, I really, in a lot of ways, I accepted it as it was. But I, that one of the shocks was, um, so this would have been like when I really settled in uh, in Dublin in 97, I suppose, was when the very beginning of 97 mm. when I was there for, for a good bit. And just when well, there would be a bank holiday and such and and um, how everything would shut, <laughs> shut, just shut right down, you know, and over Christmas, like things were shut for about two weeks and things were shut, you know, Sunday morning. Um, and I just wasn't used to that coming from the States. And I, I know how wonderful that would be if you're working in a place and you get a break. But if somebody was looking for something to do, I was kind of like, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And how long did you live in Dublin? I lived in Dublin about on and off about five years. So, I was, yeah. 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 But I, did- I always wanted to go back out to the countryside. OK. And did you ever follow this career path of becoming a professor? I didn't. I left it behind completely. And, and but um, I think uh, my love of writing um, and communicating it comes through from the blog. Although I went through a terrible, terrible years of writer's block, so I'm not as as great with the writing as I used to be. But the past five years of writing the blog has really helped me kind of get out of that. And it's just something I do that I really enjoy, but I wouldn't try to do it academically at all anymore because it's just oh, too much yeah. stress. Yeah. Oh, I get you. Yeah. I spent a year or two doing that. And yeah, at the time anyway, I didn't enjoy it. I might, if I went back to it with a bit more life perspective, but it wasn't something I enjoyed so much at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how often do you publish on Vibrant Ireland? Well, it can, it really can vary, you know, on like last year I had a really terrible year personally. So I was lucky to get oh, something up maybe okay. once a month, but it's really turned around for me now since I moved in Clare. And so I've got that kind of, I've got my life back and I've got, you know, the vibe back, the, the groove, the creative groove. Yeah. So I'm often posting a couple of times a week now. So that's great. I feel really, really good about it. Oh yeah, when um, we were going to have this call another day and it was bad weather that day, wasn't it? (laughs) And it was, your internet connection, anyway, it was kind of a bit rough, wasn't it? So I I was just wondering more about rural living more generally. So you're out in Fecal. Um, Yes. What's it like? like, So describe your house, first of all, like are you in a cottage or what? What? Yeah, it's a self-built cottage, um, not by me, <laughs> but by someone else. And it's been here about 20 years. So it's new. It's new enough. And it's just out in the countryside there. So our neighbors, you know, our cows and hares come by every day. The red squirrel comes in the garden. It actually came up and looked in the front door the other day. <laughs> a, a beautiful barn owl flies by sometimes. I th- and the heron. I mean, there's just so much wildlife and farm life around. Hmm. And I love it. I so love it. And I'm getting ready to start a new section on the blog called, um, I think it's going to be called Down Little Bog Lane. And it's going to be about the different little daily things and some videos and pictures. I haven't actually got it going yet, but that's that's my plan. But the I internet here, they, I will, with the internet, well, the internet breaks my heart on. It's <laughs> so hard because 
the fixed line is, you know, very poor and the most you could ever get is 2 MB off it, and that's just the way it is because it's rural Ireland. The mobile network can be quite good but it varies so like I can get 20 MB and then it can be gone to nothing. So sometimes I have to get in the car and drive around and go to Scarif and sometimes Scarif doesn't work either so I have to go to Ennis or Limerick but um, other than that it's bliss. And what's it like, I guess you could ask this of anybody living in any rural place, but do you find yourself, do you have to uh, drive often away from Fecal, like to go to the supermarket, or do you spend a lot of your time in, around Fecal? I'd say, yeah, like for most things, like would go into Scarf because that would be that bit bigger, you know, and there's like a, a bigger supermarket there, and there's like a health food shop and things like that. But yeah, I suppose kind of make a circuit sometimes go to Ennis or go to Limerick but I I love the fact that like it's funny in a way Fecal is really central and it's more central than where I used to live in rural Kilkenny in that like the Mm. the motorway seems very quick to very easy to get to and I can actually be in Dublin and I think it's like two and a half hours where it nearly took two from where I was in Kilkenny anyway so you know and then Limerick half an hour Galway an hour so yeah, I, I'm actually pretty impressed with Claire, and then of course the burn in like 40 minutes was just amazing. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, I'll, we're mentioning some place names, and it might might not make much sense to somebody listening, but I'll put um some deep details in the show notes page, and I'll give you the link at the end. So, um, if you're interested in what Susan's talking about, we can you can find out a little more about it. And just to put it a little bit in context, maybe as well, we mentioned. The west coast of Ireland, so County Clare is about at the middle of of Ireland along the west coast, and just under it is County Limerick, which has a bit of yeah, good bit of coast as well, and up north of Clare is County Galway and Connemara. So um, if you're doing a drive along um, the west of Ireland, I guess the Wild Atlantic Way. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's the big route these days that you can follow. That'll bring you through uh, County Clare anyway. Probably um, East Clare wouldn't get so much uh, tourism, would it, Susan, like inland? it really doesn't. I mean, like, and it's a pity. It's just stunningly beautiful. It's just so many lakes everywhere. And, of course, Loch Derg, which is enormous, and the Shannon runs in and out of it. Now, like, the fecal area gets, you know, it has the fecal traditional festival, traditional Irish music festival, and in the summer and that is a big draw for people in the know Mm. so there you know and there's different little festivals like that but as it's not in any type of route or anything which is a a pity in a way and in some ways it's kind of nice because we have it to ourselves (laughs) (laughs) cool yeah very nice and um i was wondering susan like you've spent a good chunk of time in ireland now so do you even know um consciously like are there American ha- habits that you have that just don't drop that you still feel is a bit like I won't say out of place but just a bit different to the locals in Ireland can you think of anything I can't really and I tell you I have I feel like I feel like an adopted Irish woman hmm, I really do but like my Canadian friend now he's been over for 30 years 20 of them in Ireland and in in some ways yeah he's still feels like at the base he's very Canadian so it's really really different for everyone but I just I just got sucked into the magic I think and and I mean I'm sure I do some American things that you know that other Irish people would notice but I 
yeah, I, I don't I don't feel American at all. Only time I feel American is at Thanksgiving, and I miss pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, um, Susan, like as we're recording this, it's before Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty sure it'll be published before Thanksgiving 2015. So uh, you're um, publishing some info on Vibrant Ireland, aren't you? That's right. My latest post is about Thanksgiving in Ireland, and it is going to be a compendium of sort of tips some recipes and events for Thanksgiving in Ireland. And it's the first bit that I've done is about that American and North American Canadian favorite as well, pumpkin pie. And where if you are expat in Ireland or if you're visiting Ireland and you want to have some pumpkin (laughs) pie, you can possibly get the most important ingredient, which is a can of pumpkin. Um, (laughs) And it it looks awful. I know when I... Does it? Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of just... It looks like it's very gloopy looking and brown and it's kind of rubbery looking as well. But it is very, very tasty. But to get a can of it is like gold dust here. So I'm listing some of the places where you can get it. And like the post is a work in progress. So I'll be adding, you know, more places where you can go get a Thanksgiving dinner if you want to go out. And sometimes there's Thanksgiving events. So and if anyone listening is in Ireland and has tips you know, or a great recipe or something like that, you know, they can they can drop me a line over on Vibrant Ireland in the comment section of the post and or if they have a funny photo or something like that as well. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, great. So I was just thinking um, it, it's a kind of tangential topic of, um, of visiting Ireland slightly in the off season. Like if somebody, let's say somebody's just doing a week's trip to Ireland now, it's probably not the usual time to do it in November, yeah. but... Like um, probably very early summer or very late, very late summer, I get the feeling that somebody might enjoy that trip better than being in the the full on crowds of midsummer. What do you think? Yeah, I think, well, for me personally, I think some of the nicest times to be in Ireland are sort of May and September can be a great month. But actually, October is really coming along as well, like especially this October. And now, as you know, in November, we've had such mild weather. But October in particular is a month really, really full of festivals. So if you Mm. know, you're not short for things to do and they're not just Halloween based festivals, but there's, you know, like there's Saver Kilkenny Food Festival there in the burn. There was the Winteridge weekend, which is really interesting about the different farming practices. And you can um, go along as the one of the farmers brings his cattle, cattle up the mountains for, you know, on winter pasture. A lot of kind of quirky, interesting things happening. So I'd say, yeah, off season, shoulder season is really good. It would I think a hard time would definitely be, you know, sort of January when not many things that a tourist might want to see would be open. Oh, and also, yeah. you know, and Christmas time is really funny as well if you're wanting to go see a lot of things. Because even now, even 20 years on, a lot of times, you know, things are closed over the Christmas period, mm-hmm. you know, museums and this sort of thing. So you'd really want to, you know, you'd want to know that in advance so you wouldn't be disappointed and just kind of chill and enjoy the Christmas vibe, but not necessarily have to tick a lot of sites off your list yeah yeah interesting yeah nice perspective there well susan what we're going to do we're we'll call it a day i think um we're with the podcast we're testing out a bit of a shorter uh, time of around 20 minutes instead of our usual 30 minutes right so i'd love to hear uh, from some listeners uh on feedback on what you think and how do you listen to the podcast where do you listen to it what lint actually suits your 
ears. So I'd love to hear from some of the listeners. So if you are listening to this, you can leave comments on our own show notes page where I'll leave all the links. And that's at www.bitesize.irish slash podcast five five. But Susan, um, where's the best place that people can find you and ask you questions? Um, you can go on to my website, which is vibrantireland.com, or I also have a Facebook page, which would be Vibrant Ireland and Travel, or Twitter, which is Vibrant Ireland, and like, you know, happy to chat back and forth on any of those mediums. Ah, lovely. Well, Susan, it was lovely having a chat with you today. Thanks for taking the time out. You were a, a bit sick today, a bit ill, so thanks for still coming on to the call. Fair no page, bother yeah. at all. No bother at all. Hopefully uh, my voice just sounds sexy and husky, not <laughs> <laughs> not raw and raspy, but sure. <laughs> uh, fair play to you. It was great. So uh, just to finish off the podcast, so um, at Bite Size Irish Gaelic, that's where you can make a real connection with your Irish heritage by learning to speak the Irish language, Irish Gaelic, in small bite-sized portions. And you can take a no obligations free trial at bitesize.irish slash try. Uh, finally, thanks to Tsuku Mo for their music, which you hear on this episode from Japan under a Creative Commons license. Until the next episode, slán go forward. Bye for now.